Glory to God. Well, I'm so thankful that you came today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God has got a good message for us today. There's this, I'm just excited to get into it. But you know, I want to preface it a little bit by just talking about the, you know, the services and the, first of all, the meetings. If you're if you're wondering about the meeting at all after church, it's not it's not like anything bad or anything like that. You know, just. But every once in a while, I find that it's good. I probably don't do it enough, but I find it's good in any particular thing to get, uh, you know, to talk about these certain things. And sometimes they ex extend past uh, just what I want to preach. And and depending on the flow of where, where it needs to go is part of that reason. The reason I want to do it is because I want to be able to have a little bit more of interaction, you know, if there's questions and stuff like that. And so, again, if you are just curious, you can stay too. But we're, we're, we're going to be talking about some things in the, the local church and, and having to do with families and children. And and it just be it'll be a blessing to everybody. I believe it. So don't be dreading it or anything like that. I don't know if you were or if if you if you hear that you're like, oh no, I've got kids. What did I do? No, it's no, nothing like that. Amen. But uh, praise God, Hallelujah. You know, my job as a pastor is to is to direct. We'll be talking about that just a little bit too. But we'll we'll get into that after. But the other thing I want to talk about, you know, is I remember uh, when we were being trained up in the faith, you know, we would have these, we had more meetings at the time than we do now. Um, and a lot of it was because it was pre-COVID and so, you know, we were doing uh, a lot more. I mean, I know it's only been a couple of years, but since then it kind of has, has hindered it and we've gotten kind of away from that. But, you know, uh, uh, having certain meetings in the local churches, is, it was always an exciting time for us. We would look forward to it. It was a time where, you know, where, where we would really grow and learn things in the faith and, and learn things that we didn't just get on Sunday morning. And, you know, there's more than just the pastoral office. There's the other offices in the body. And, um, you know, Pastor Scott Webb, even though he's a pastor and has been in that place, he's not just operating in the place of a pastor. It's more, more than that. Amen. And uh, he's, he's been a great blessing to our lives. He's helped us in, in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of wisdom that comes out of him. And, and honestly, out of all the ministers I probably ever had in, he's one of the most enjoyable to sit and have lunch with, too. So it's just, just a, a blessing. So I do encourage you to go, get out to at least one of those if you can. But we're going to be at all of them, I think we're planning on it, uh, unless something were uh, to, you know, to change in the path, but I don't think so. So even if you've never gone out to a guest meeting, you know, it, it would be nice just to, for you to step out and try it. Amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, uh, that's all that I have for those those commercials. I know my wife already gave the, the spiel and the speech, but, uh, you know, just adding to it, you know, just to share it with you. But today's message is called, What Are You Looking For? Amen. Praise God. You know, and, and today we're, we're going to be talking about having proactive faith and really, you know, um, we have to understand and this, I, I think this is somewhere got lost and not just saying in this church, but just in people in general, this idea of proactive faith, you know, that, that, that everything with the Bible, everything with God is like that. He's, he's done a certain amount to equip us, but everything after that is on our end. It's not that God withholds, the Bible says he withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. And so we know that if we're going to walk uprightly, that's the right way, walk the way that God wants us. He's not holding back from us. And so everything we walk out is, is on account of how we, how we uh, what we decide to do with it. <clears throat> Even the word that's preached to you, you can sit here and you can receive something on the word, out of the word that's being preached because you really endeavor to. Or you can sit here mad and just snarky and just you know, just not paying attention and stuff like that and receive nothing of the word. Do you know just sitting around where the word is doesn't change your life? Yeah. You know that? Yeah. I used to have that thought too. I used to have that thought, man, if I could just get them into the house of the Lord, well, then that'd be good. But does it, you know, somebody can sit in the house of the Lord wrong and they'll never receive anything. Why? Because it doesn't come by osmosis. <clears throat> God's word is interactive. It was always interactive. And until people... Uh, endeavor to uh, grab onto it and run with it, they're never going to connect to what, uh, they're never going to partake of what God has for them. Yeah. You know, I could be called to be a pastor all my life, but never do the things that are called, that I'm called to, yeah. to get me into that role, and I would never walk that out. Right. Amen? And so you understand that it was, <clears throat> yes, there's training that's on my end for, for me training people. And I'm not just talking about people called to ministry or whatever, but because we're all called to something. We're called to be something. We're called to be part of God's body. And whatever part that is, a lot of times people go through life frustrated. I just wish God would show me. Well, see, God isn't going to show you if you're not seeking it, if you're not hungry for it, if you're not actively looking for it. Yeah. 
It's just like being blessed. You might be blessed when you first come in, you know, if you first come in and you're struggling and you come in and you hear a message and it just, just by being around it has helped you. And there is a truth that that can happen in the beginning. But you know, that's like, <clears throat> that's the equivalent of giving a baby a, a bottle. Amen? Yeah. Now, if you had to take a 20 or 30 year old person and you had to start feeding them, with, keep feeding them with a bottle and not because they needed it because they were, you know, there's people that are disabled or whatever. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about somebody who's fully able. Yeah. You know, I've often used the, 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 the idea of, you know, messing our pants. If we, if we were still having to be in diapers and someone had to change my diapers, if my mom, my mom changed many diapers with me, I'm sure, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I don't remember any of it, but I, I'm just assuming that it happened because they got changed, amen? And uh, I don't still wear diapers. It was sometime, some, somehow along the way, she had to, to, to teach me and to, and to show me some things, right? But if I was still just insisting or refusing, uh, in which I could do, right? Is there anybody that doubts that I could refuse to wipe myself? Right? I could refuse. I'm not saying I'd be married right now, but I'm just saying that, you know, I'm not saying she'd be the one doing it, but I'm just saying, how many know that you could, I could refuse to do that, right? I could refuse to be the, to, to partake of the things that I've been equipped to do. And that's a lot of, a lot of what happens in the body of Christ. In fact, mostly that's what's going on in the body of Christ today. I said mostly because I'm saying mostly and I mean it mostly. If you're not actively walking in the, in the plan of God, uh, mostly that has to do with you. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, if you're called to something further on down the line that you should just step into it and make it happen. That's not what I'm saying. Like if all of a sudden, you know, I remember when uh, uh, the Lord revealed something to me in the Word a long time ago, and I wanted to take it and run with it, you know, I thought I was going to be a prophet. Hallelujah. That's literally what I thought. And so I was like, well, God's made me this, so I might as well activate it, you know? I might as well start being it. Well, I had some learning to do, amen? And, I, and, and since then, I've backed way away from that because that isn't the, 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 the thing that God had for me, amen, right then, hallelujah. But there, is, there are things that we can do to, uh, there are things that we can do to make things uh, more accessible uh, or likely accessible, amen? Sure. Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. And we want to make sure that we're doing those things. Hallelujah. So that's what we mean by proactive faith. You know, in the book of James, it says that faith without works is dead. That means if you aren't mixing works with what you believe, then it does you no good. Amen. This is why we have, you know, we have issues all the time. We have issues like, you know, people like, oh, I just, you know, I'm having financial problem after financial problem, financial problem. Well, my first question to those people are, do you tithe? Uh, the second question would be, do you give? On top of that, are you somebody who, who purposes to be that? And if you're not, then don't talk to me about your finances because God ain't going to bless them. He isn't going to bless them. God will not bless somebody who is not actively doing his word. It's just so that's why we preach about tithing and giving. It's because, you know, you may say, well, I, you know, I've been blessed so far. Well, that just means that God, there's a lot more that God could have been blessing you with. Or somebody who's not faithful in their local church. And I don't mean faithful to just, uh, you know, maybe they show up once in a while. But I mean faithful to connect and find out what God has for them there. Amen. Praise the Lord. If, if you're not seeking that out, glory to God. That's the faith on your part. That's the proactiveness on your part. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I, I heard it. Uh, my pastor always talked about the, 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 uh, the bath drain. Uh, Christian, Christian, Christianity, Christians, Christians, hallelujah. But he always talked about those, don't be a bath, you know, a drain Christian. And, and, and I, I see it more as a sink drain, and I'll tell you why. Because sink drains are something as a father in a household with, with, with a wife and a, and a daughter is something I've had to deal with. Amen. We had this, uh, we had this, uh, uh, all of a sudden our, our, our bathroom sink in uh, our, our bathroom started slowing down and it got to a place, you know, at first you ignore it because you know that <clears throat> when it starts slowing down, that whatever's slowing it down usually isn't pleasant. And so you have to get in and out of anything that you can do in a house, the drains are my least favorite. Amen. And so at any rate, and I could tell you stories. Oh, my Lord, I could tell you stories and not from my family. I could tell you stories I've had to get into. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Good drain <laughs> stuff. Amen. 
<laughs> Glory to God. But uh, uh, we recently had this issue, and uh, it turned out my daughter had had some kind of concoction she was using. It was a clay mask, yeah, you know, because you got to do nice things to your face and stuff. <laughs> I don't do nice things to my face, amen. I just, uh, I, I, we're lucky. It, it, it gets this good just because my wife makes me go this far. But if it was up to me, I'd, I'd be all, I'd, I'd look like, look like cousin it probably but uh, well praise the Lord but at any rate uh, you, you know we, we, the, that clay went in there and that clay solidified in there and it, of course it caused a blockage and I said well you know I think this time I said I just I'm not going to do anything about it because this isn't me that's doing this and and my wife took it apart or she got into it and it really wasn't taking it apart it was just pulling the thing out but at any rate there's stuff that goes down there and the way I started seeing it was like this this is what came to me in relation to this message don't be a sink drain Christian when you wait for everything to come to you, anything will come to you. When you wait for anything to or something to come to you, anything will come to you. When you just wait, if you're just standing there waiting, like, oh, I'm going to wait for God to move, then anything could move you because you're not purposing for it. The Bible talks about purposing. We have to purpose. In everything we do, if we don't purpose, we won't be blessed. It's just that simple. You can't get into it. Now, you, you may say, well, Pastor, you sound, sounds like you're being kind of mean and you're, you're stressing me out a little bit. I'm not trying to stress you out, but I'm just telling you the truth. Amen? We can't be innocent bystanders and expect God's blessing to just brush across us. That's not how it works in people who want God to bless them. If you want to be blessed in the Lord, you have to do what he says to do. And the first thing, that's why we teach the word, you know, that's why we do this, why we bring this. And my wife said, you know, write down things when you're in the service that, that speak to you. You should at the very least go back and go over the scriptures that are given to you week in and week out. Why? Because I seek the Lord to preach a message to you people in order to bless your lives. And so if you believe that you are here by divine appointment, then it's up to you to go back and see those scriptures and get into them more and read them more. You don't have to read the whole Bible every week. Amen. Now, I'm thankful. You know, I know there's people in here that have read through the Bible and are read through it again. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, not suggesting that you don't do that. I'm just saying that you also need to bring some focus to the things that God is saying to you right now. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, hallelujah. And so we're going to start in the scripture. I we, we started in a whole bunch of other stuff, but we are going to go to scripture. But you know, in everything I've said, there has been scriptural principle uh, in all of it. Amen? In fact, I talked about several. But uh, Matthew 5, 6. Go ahead and turn there with me. Probably won't stay here super long, but uh, well, who knows? Maybe we'll stay here the rest of the time. Matthew 5, 6. The Sermon on the Mount, right? This is what this, we, we know this scripture, we've been there a lot, but I'm going to bring it up again because, you know, the thing that I find is that, you know, uh, the, a lot of the scriptures that I bring up a lot, and I do bring them up a lot, there are some scriptures, you know, probably every week there's some score or most, uh, at least a couple times a month, there's a lot of scriptures that we've never, uh, that I've never preached on before. But, you know, I do come back to a lot of scriptures a lot of the time. But there's a reason for that. There's a specific reason for that. And, and you have to understand this. If we're, if we're needing to rehear it, it's probably because we're needing to rehear it. And if we're needing to rehear it, oftentimes it's because we haven't got grasps or a good grasp on what we're, what we're reading. Amen. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. If you have doubted anything I've said up until this point, then you're calling Jesus a liar if you don't change your mind right now. That's as simple as it is. Who are blessed? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, it's not talking about those who get hungry. We all do that. Those get, get thirsty. We all do that. Amen. Uh, you know, Jesus said, if anybody thirsts, comes, come to me, for out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Speaking about the Holy Spirit, whom those would receive but they, had, they were not, had not yet received because Christ had not been glorified. But we have all received of the Holy Spirit if you receive Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. That Holy Spirit teaches us, guides us, directs us, leads us into all things that God has for us. He wants to bless us. How many people believe that? God will not, cannot bless you if you refuse to do the word. 
if you refuse to hunger and thirst for what God has, you know, it's like, it, it, it's like, it seems like so much, and this is across the body of Christ, and there's a reason for it. There is an attack in the body of Christ to get people complacent. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in, in both the churches. I've seen it in other churches. I've seen it in every single one that sits in the service today. Yeah. There has been a complacency that is an attack from the devil that is trying to get us to stop and to quit. It is there. If you say, well, I, I, it bothers me that you're saying that. Be bothered by it. It's just the truth. It's not your fault, but it is your truth. Now, there is something that we can decide to do with that. Do we embrace this complacency? Do we embrace complacency with the local church, with the things that God's doing? Because the local church represents what God is doing on the earth. Amen? If we embrace the complacency that the devil throws at us, what we are doing is we're essentially saying, God, I don't want your blessing. I don't believe your word. I just want you to do something for me, but I don't want to do anything to get it. And guys, that, that's just not a way that it works. It just doesn't happen that way. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to go to the other extreme and then we have to sell everything off and give everything to the ministry and now just become, you know, we have to be here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not what it's talking about either. But we have to have a stirring in us, a drive in us for the local church, for the things that God is doing. Again, the local church, when I say that, represents what God is doing here through us through the people that connect, amen? And but you, you come in and you see people that are downtrodden and you come in and you see people that aren't stirred. The st I can't stir you any more than preaching a message, but if you're gonna sit there and still be unstirred, I can't do anything to change your life. And God cannot do anything to change your life. When you are upset, when you are in trouble, when you are feeling pain, God has given us a way to get out of it. And that way is through our proactive faith. It is not by sitting there and crying, sitting there. Listen, have a cry. I have good cries all the time. Amen. It's good to have a good cry once in a while because it reminds you of how weak you are. But once you've had that good cry, you say, okay, now it's up to me to connect to what God has given me. I can't tell you how many times we go, why is it hard to, to, to do the most basic things in the local church today? Well, there's an attack on the body of Christ, but the body of Christ has to wake up and say, I'm, enough. I'm done with the attack. I, what do I mean by I'm done with the attack is I'm done with it hindering me. I'm done with it keeping me back. I'm pushing forward in faith. I want to see the things. I'm going to be stirred about going. I'm going to be excited about having what God wants. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to try to get somebody else excited. But what do we do? We have our own issues that we deal with, and then we go inward. We, we focus inward. We don't stay. We don't want to talk to anyone. We leave. We do our own thing. We make it all about us, because that's exactly what the devil's been doing. And we embrace that, and then we wonder why we don't feel blessed. We don't feel blessed because we've never gotten hungry for the things of God. Or we've lost the hunger for the things of God. It is not up to me to go into your life and change your life and make you hungry to follow the plan of God for your life. It is up to you and you alone. It is... Look at your, your left, your right, if you have a spouse. It is not up to your spouse to make you hungry for the things of God. It is not up to your neighbor to make you hungry for the things of God. It is up to us to stir up one another as much as we can to keep that atmosphere going, that, ex that atmosphere of excitement. But listen, if you just want a dead church and you just keep being dead, but if you want to have a live church and you got to wake up and start feeling alive, start being alive. Why? Because Christ said it. And either the word's true or it's not. And if it's not, we might as well all quit right now and go do something we want to do on Sunday mornings. Because it's pointless otherwise. I am not going to have dead religion. I'm telling you right now, I will quit everything and I will go travel and I will preach on the streets before I'll have dead religion. I'm just telling you the truth. I won't have a dead church. I won't have dead churches. I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to have the power of God flowing. I'm going to see it in my life come hell or high water. I'm going to make sure it happens in my own life because that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you wonder why I'm blessed, you're going to point to that and say, that's why. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. See, it's up to us to do it. We have to hunger for the things of God. And what does hunger look like? I'll tell you what hunger looks like because God showed me in the middle of the night. I didn't even know it was for the message, but it turns out it is. Amen? In the middle of the night, the Lord started asking me about my dog. About 4.30 in the morning, I was up this morning, and I'm not trying to make it a thing. I just shared it with you for whatever reason I did, but I'm not trying to make it, I'm really not trying to make it a thing. It just is what it is, and I've actually learned to start enjoying it. So now, first, when I was waking up, it was hard. Now I'm looking forward to waking up, and it's just a, a blessing, and I'll figure I'll get to sleep later or something. But, uh, you know, when I, when, I was, when I was waking up, I was laying there, and then all of a sudden, I heard Cassie, my little dog, my little, my little rat, 
she was in Ezra's bedroom and she starts whining. Maybe she heard that I got up or something, I don't know, but she, uh, I, I start hearing her whine. But she didn't wake me up. This was after I had, I had already been woke up. And so I, I went and got her and, and see, we, what we did with her is we moved her dog bowl because I built a new table for our dining room and we ch changed a few things around in there. And uh, in doing that, we decided that where her dog bowl was wasn't effective anymore, so we moved it. Well, she didn't like that. And so she refused. And all night long, she kind of like was, or all day long, right? She was kind of kept coming back around and like barking at you. You want to go outside? No, she didn't want to go outside. She wanted to do that. No, you don't want to do it. She wanted, she wanted her food moved back where it was. Because that's where it's supposed to be. So she refused to eat and drink, right? And, 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 she, and I, I didn't know all, all of this until morning, but until uh, my wife woke up and explained to me because I told her what was going on in the middle of the night. And, uh, uh, and when she came, I went and let her out of Ezra's bedroom because she hasn't learned how to work the door yet. You know, she's only six inches tall, so uh, we, we, we're still working on that. But she's good at letting you know she wants to come out. So I opened the door, and man, she come out of that bedroom like a rocket. It was the middle of the night, and she hadn't drank in a while, and she was thirsty. And she went right to, she went right to where that dog bowl was. Yep, the new area. And I heard her drink, which seemed like, I was like, man, am I going to have to go fill this thing again? I mean, she just kept going and going and going. It's just like, and, she was suck, and she was sucking it down in such a way that it was obvious she was thirsty. I mean, you, you, the dog doesn't, you know, we speak different languages, but I knew she was thirsty. And I knew because I heard the way she was lapping up. I'm like, you know, she's going to have probably one of those burps where a bunch of it comes back up. You know what I mean? Because she, she's drinking it that fast. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, she was blessed. Now, here's the thing about Cassie is we always feed her. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to share with you specifically. I think it's on my phone. Glory to God, because I wrote some things down as I typically do. Um, I take notes too, amen? amen? Praise God. And this is what I heard in my spirit. Ever notice how dogs are always searching, nose to the ground, yeah. looking, looking, looking. That's what they do all the time. We feed that dog as much as she wants. Yeah. We, keep, we just keep her tray full, her, her bin full. She eats it when she wants, how much of it she wants. And if she finishes it, we fill it back up. And she... Yeah. she and she's pretty good. She doesn't just overeat uh, typically or whatever, but she always has a lot of food. And then a lot of times when we're, my wife makes me eggs, she cooks her an egg too, you know, because you've got to have an egg for the dog, and, and she likes eggs, and she gets excited. In fact, when my wife cooks eggs, she's always, Cassie's always standing right at her feet. But, uh, uh, you know, they're, but still, even with all that, they're always nose to the ground. They're looking, looking, looking. And this is what I heard in my spirit. That's what desire is. That's what it means to be hungry. That's what it means to be searching. See, what really what it's talking about here is not somebody who's starving because they're lacking, but this is really because there's not much blessing in just getting fed because you're lacking. But when, you're, when you really desire what God has for you, you know why God doesn't lay everything on the surface for us? Do you know why his blessings aren't just walk up, drive through a window, pull up, grab what you want, and then go? Leave behind what you don't want? Do you know why it's not like that? Because to God, his blessings mean something. When God wants to bless you, it means something to him. When he's prepared things in such a way for your life, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 means much more to God than it does to you. And what I mean by that is this, is God planned it. Before you even exist, he's like, okay, I'm gonna, this, someday this person is gonna be here. And this is what I'm going to have for them every day of their life. I'm going to have this set aside for them. And, I'm going to, and what I mean by this, I'm not going to say, oh, just things. I'm not talking about that. But whatever the life God wants you to walk out. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief, comes, but the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have what? Life and have it more abundantly. God wants us to live an abundant life. That is not, um, we, we're not going to interpret that as, as uh, we're not going to misinterpret that and say, God just wants you to have every rich thing, every fancy thing that you want or anything like that. That's not it. But God wants you to be blessed. We can't deny that. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. In fact, uh, right through here, through the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes there, as, as, as Jesus was preaching it, he kept telling us who's blessed. This is how you be blessed. This is how you be blessed. This is how you be blessed. 
You know, actually, in, uh, in this, uh, you see this theme all through Scripture. I was into it in the middle of the night again. In Isaiah, it talks about, you know, this is a, this is a refreshing with which I call, caused the weary to, uh, to rest. And he wants them to be refreshed and rested. And he said, yet they would not hear. And then with the Jews, yet they would not hear. Yeah. And then with the Christians, yet they would not hear. Yeah. With the disciples, yet they would not hear. And with us today, would we hear? You know, when it talks about this stuff, uh, he, he's talking about being blessed and desiring those who, who hunger and thirst truly, they want it. They want it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I had some business this week. I had a lot, a lot of different meetings this week um, with different, I was with some different ministers. But in this one in particular, we went to lunch and, and, and we went to this place that we love in Erie. And they have this food, and man, I got in there, and it was like, oh, it was so good. But when I was getting, that was the anticipation. I was telling him, because he had never been there before. I was like, you just wait. You just wait. This is good stuff. This, oh, this is so good. And, I, and then I was thinking, well, I hope that he finds it as good as I do, because it's real. I really like it, and I don't want to be hyping it up. But man, it was just that good, and we were already planning next time to go back there, because it's that good of food, amen? But that, that, that's, that's what hunger and thirsting is like. See, we didn't need that particular meal. But we wanted that meal. And now we want it again. And now I base my life around that meal sometimes because I like it so much. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that's what it is to hunger and thirst for God. Nose to the ground. We're always looking, always searching. And, and with expectation, you know, Cassie, when she's running around the house, when we have, she loves when people come over. Because when people come over, that typically means we have food. And when we have food, with a lot of people come over, because people don't know how to use plates and stuff yet, and to get, they don't know how their mouths work and how spoons and forks and stuff, and so they always drop things on the ground. And so Cassie, you watch her, if you watch her when people are over nonstop, she's just in and out, weaving in and out. And when she's running from the kids, she's running from the kids, but then she's, the rest of the time, she's just like, you know, weaving in and out, just smell, nose to the ground, sniffing it out. She doesn't need food, she's fully fed. Her bowl is there and everything that's in it, glory to God. But her nose is to the ground, why? Because she's, she's hungry, she desires whatever it is that we have. When I sit and eat, that dog will sit there and stare at me with a piercing stare that you can feel from here to California, glory to God. I'm just telling you, no, it's there. In fact, I look down like somebody's watching me. You remember that song, the 80s? Always feel like somebody's watching me. Well, that's Cassie, yeah. She's always, she's always watching me when I'm eating and looking at me. I'm like, oh, you can't have any of this. I'm sorry. But she's still hopeful even after I tell her. I tell her, no, go lay down. And she's, she's still, she's just, she'll do one of those. She'll like, you know, does a little stomp like, he's speaking to me. Maybe that means I get something, amen? That's what hunger is. When was the last time you hungered like that for the things of God? When was the last time that you, you, you wanted to be in God's presence so bad that you were just like, you were just sitting there waiting? sitting there just like, oh, it's, 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 it's about time, man. Wow. Glory to God. I remember, I remember, uh, you know, you know I'm, I'm just be honest with you, folks. We offer things to our church simply because they're things that we had desired over the years. Not even because, and sometimes some of the things that we offer to our church, we were even told at different times by different people, yeah, you shouldn't do that with your, you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't have extended time of fellowship like that. And there's reasons for all that. And, there, and I could go into a lot of the reasons why you might think that that's wrong, but, uh, but there's actually good reasons for that. And I've seen why. But you know why we do those things? You know why we, we, we have these question and answer things? Because there was a time when we were so hungry for the things of God and we couldn't get answers. We didn't know where to get answers. We didn't know who to ask. We didn't know which church was right. We didn't know which one was going to answer the question. And so we were, I was kind of, I remember, I remember going to events at different churches. It didn't matter what it was. I remember going to a Catholic wedding. You know, and I wasn't raised Catholic or anything like that. I didn't know Catholic. But I remember getting to sit with a Catholic priest. I thought, well, this guy is a priest. Praise the Lord. He actually passed away. He was a really precious man of God. I really, I, I, I'm not going to say who his name is because I don't know, I, I don't know his background or anything like that, whether he did anything good. But at that moment, I just had a good, but I sat there and I had this conversation with, I mean, I'm in the wedding party and I'm sitting talking about the priest, like, like, t you know, tell me about Jesus kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to know more. I want, I want more answers. I remember my, my pastor said, man, you can meet with me once a month. Glory to God. And I was like, really? I can, I can meet with you once a month? And so I would come once a month with questions, and I wish I could do it twice a month. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There was time, and, I, and I've offered that same, same, same thing to people, and then maybe they just don't you know, think of me that way. But people just don't, don't, don't partake of that. Yeah. What is that? Somebody who's not hungry to know. If you're hungry to know, you'll reach out. Yeah. 
to know. And I'm not saying just to your pastor. I'm saying you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna annoy people with how much you want to know. Yeah. Do you know how annoying my wife and I still are? I'm just, and this isn't to puff us up. This is just, our, this is just what hunger is. The Bible tells us to be an example. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. Amen? How hungry we are, we still can't have a conversation with anybody. If, we, if our conversation doesn't get back to God, we don't want to have the conversation. That's how we are. Like if you sit with us and all we've talked about is the weather or we talked about the politics or we talked about whatever, I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's not our fault. And we weren't blessed by it. Because we're not blessed by a conversation. Like, you know, I'm not talking about never. You know what I mean? Like we're sitting there and talking about, oh, we like this. You know, we took, we took the girls uh, uh, some, uh, to, to, to some, uh, an art museum and stuff like that. And so we didn't just, it wasn't just, oh, you know, all about God. When you're looking at a Picasso, you can't tell if, you know, God probably wasn't in it. You know, I'm just saying that. But, 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 the, but, but still the interaction throughout the day when we talked about the blessing of the Lord and we got into things and we dug into it. Why? Because that's who we are. Because we're Christians. We, we're hungry and we're thirsty. And that's why God speaks to me. That's why he speaks to us. That's why he shows us things. See, a lot of people are chasing after us. And you're like, well, I, I don't have time. You know what the greatest thing about God? He doesn't care what you're doing. You can, he can, he'll be included in it. Praise the Lord. I mean, I'm sleeping. He wants to be included in it. All right, here we go. I'm working. He'll talk to me about it. All right, here we go. Whatever it is. See, see the, the, the thing is, is we have to desire him. Praise the Lord. We have to desire what he has for us. And so a lot of time, you know, we remember back in the day, there was a lot of people that would get called out, it seemed like in our circles, in our churches, they'd be called out for ministry or something like that. And they'd get really excited about it. But then a lot of those people today, my wife and I were having this discussion just yesterday, a lot of those people today are doing nothing. Nothing for God years later. You know why they're doing nothing? Because they weren't hungry. They might have been hungry for a minute, but anybody can be hungry for a minute. Right? Anybody can be hungry for a minute, but what do you do with that going forward? If something's driving in you, you have to chase after it like a dog on the hunt. You have to look like nose on the ground. The dog even didn't even know what he's looking for. She's looking for. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm looking for. I, I've told you guys this, and I'm going to share it only for the standpoint of, of te teaching and training because I care about you and I love you. Um, my wife and I, and my, uh, 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 we're going to, uh, in, in February, we're going to go, go, go somewhere. And I don't know anything about it except that it's been driving in my spirit. My wife and I are paying the way. It's not something that we're having the church do. We do believe it's a spiritual thing, but it's not something that we're, and I'm not against the church taking care of things uh, for us. If we have to go somewhere and do things, that's not wrong. And if you think it's wrong, you got to get over it right now. Because part of the reason that we do all this stuff is, it, it, or part of the reason we can do all this stuff is because, it, it is because of the local church. Amen. The local church provides and, and is able to, to, to do some of these things. Amen. But at any rate, this thing we're doing on our own, just because I don't have any clear direction on it, other than it seems right to go. So we decided to go. We're going, we are literally flying th two thirds or three quarters of the way across the country and having no idea why. I'm telling you, that's hunger and thirsting for God. Well, no, and that's exactly, you know what we, after we got into, I got into, I was praying at one point. What's that? After we booked the flights, after we got, you know, we start figuring things out. I was praying about it. You know, you know what I heard in my spirit? There's something for you in dot, dot, dot. I don't know what it is. I, it, it could be one little lesson, but I learned this when I went across the pond there to, 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 to Europe. I learned this, and this is because this is something that became very clear to me. Sometimes God will send you thousands of miles just to say one thing to you. Praise the Lord thousands of miles. Do you know that he did that all through the scripture? You know, when uh, Elijah was, you, you know, he was doing the will of God and then he's kind of outcast and he's hiding, right? And then the Lord comes to him. The Lord supplied him there for a time. And then all of a sudden the supply drew up, dried up. And Elijah started crying. He's like, what? Where's, my, where's my food? Where's my things? You know, God said, go over here. I've, I've provided something over someone over here to supply you, to, 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 to give you something, right? Yeah. And there was keys in that for the rest of his ministry. See, a lot of Christians are just sitting there waiting. They're like, they're, they're like, there's two, two, you, you know what it is? I'm going to tell you what one of the, the major attacks is. And I'm not, by saying this, don't twist what I'm saying. I am so over people twisting my words. So over it. Why? 
Because if you, it's your heart that twists my words, not my heart. My words are to help people. My purpose is to help people. If you don't like it, check up with yourself first. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, if I looked at you just right now, because I looked at a few of you, I wasn't just saying it to you. Uh, praise the Lord. But check up on your words. Say, you got something bad to say. Say it to my face first. Talk to me about it first. See, that's why I can't say I'm just uh, fake people. They got to sit there and talk behind other people's back. Glory to God. Accuse people of this. Accuse people of that. They won't even say to the person involved, they won't even ask them to clarify it. They just want to come up with whatever scenario and then they want to tick off other people too. Because, you know, not, misery loves company, right? Well, praise the Lord, glory to God. But at any rate, uh, we'll get rant over, we'll get back on track here. Hallelujah. What was I talking about? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, 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 but people are going a thousand miles. You, 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 God might send you uh, 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 all over the place just to get something over to you. And, and, and that always comes from a, a desire of somebody who wants to really, I don't really know where I was at. That was part of it, and then it'll come back if it needs to, and if it doesn't, well, we'll move on to something else because we have that liberty, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, you can distract yourself. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There it is. Amen. I said, Quick, before I forget. Uh, one of the main yes, yes, yes. One, I'm calling it wisdom, Aaron. There's more things that gotta come out. Yeah, yes, that's right. Wisdom, yeah, yeah. That's what the guy is. Uh, yeah, season. Now I forgot again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, so, so this is one of the major things that, that has affected our society. I was because this is why I was talking about twisting words because, because I'll say something like this: these are an issue. But I'm not saying, you know, you can't use one of these. If you use one of these, you're wrong. I'm like most of my life is done on one of these things, honestly. Most everything I do at the church is done on one of these things. But there are times it's okay to put it down. There are, we have to understand there is literally, I've done some, some, some research on it. There's actually, there's issues that happen in our brain from being fed this stuff all the time. Actually, one of the things that I see, psychologically speaking, is my attention span has gone down. Why? Because you can skip, you can skip and go on to the next one. Skip and go to, you don't like this one, go on to the next one. You don't like this one, go on to the next one. You just keep doing it. Have you noticed that? You ever seen that? Scroll, 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 scroll. Some of you are like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You're more spiritual than I am, amen? But the, 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 the point is, is that, like, you know, we, we, we get caught up in that world where everything is instant and everything comes to us and everything feeds us and exactly what we want. And I don't like this so I can move on quickly to the next thing I want. If I don't want, a, and, and I never understood the scripture in Timothy where it says that people, at the end times people will heap up teachers. Having itching ears, they'll heap up teachers around themselves to preach the things that they want to hear. And I never really understood that until we have devices and things like YouTube, where you can get on and you can find a teacher, that, you can find Christian teachers on YouTube that will back up something you want backed up, yeah. or somebody who will tear down what you want tore down. Yeah. But you want to know the truth? None of that is the Holy Spirit. That's all flesh, that's just all humanity. Amen. That's why it matters that we know where we're planted, know where we are, and look for the feeding there, but also, we have to constantly be hungering for God. Lord, what is it? What is it that I'm here for? What is it that, that you want to do for me? Or did you want to do in me? Not for me, but in me. Glory to God. Um, you, you know, what, what is it that you want changed in me? You know, do we even seek that? But no, because the world tells us that everything we like is perfect. But you know what? I can put a room full of people together with a whole bunch of different opinions, a whole bunch of different ideas, and every one of them thinks their idea is right. So how do you please, how do you find, how do you bridge all that? You can't. The only way to bridge the gap between the opinions of man is for everybody to yield themselves to the direction of God. Yes. When you say, this is my opinion, this is what I like, but not my will, but yours be done. That's what that's for. That's what that scripture is for. It's a consecration before the Lord. Jesus said, not my will, Father, but your will. His will wasn't to go to the cross. Your will might not be to do the things you want, that you have to do. But God, when you hunger and thirst for things, I told you I preach most of the scripture, or mostly on the scripture, but we're, I want to get into more stuff. So we're going to move on, amen? 
I think I'll prove that point. If Matthew 7, 7. This is powerful, these, these words that we're about to read here. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. That's what, that's what the Lord said. Is anyone going to call Jesus a liar today? Well, I've, I've asked and I haven't gotten. I've sought and I haven't found. You haven't sought this way. You haven't sought with hunger. The, the, the word seek literally means seek as like with the intent that you will find it. That's, you know, this is what faith is. Faith is mixing with it like I'm going to ask it and I'm going to receive it. Now that doesn't mean I get to ask for everything I want and I'm going to get it. That's not what that's talking about. But this is talking about the same thing that he was talking about in Matthew 5, verse 6, when those are hungering and thirsting for God. You know, I've seen people blessed in their lives, and yet they don't do anything more for God. Yeah. They don't do anything more for the kingdom of God. They've increased. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about, like, you know, I don't look at the, the, the individual ties of the church, and I don't do that on purpose. It's not my uh, in giving and what you give and stuff like that. I don't, I don't look. I don't want to know. That's, that's the place that I stay. Why do I say it? Because I'm going to preach the word regardless. Yeah. Because that's between you and God. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't connect to that, then God isn't going to bless you. And you'll answer for those things. And so whatever it is that we're doing, we say like, we, we stay at the same place as a church, but we don't have more people. We don't have so many people that there's nothing to do that are just trying to get things done. We don't have so many people that are trying to accomplish things. Don't get me wrong, there's people that are, but not everybody. It's like it, 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 you, people increase in their job and they're just like, okay, what else can I buy nice for me? Instead of thinking, well, wait a minute, is there something that the, you know, there was this offering at the church, we needed to get this done. We needed to get that. Do you know that in, uh, I'm just gonna be honest. Can I be honest? How bold can I get, love? $1,200 for security cameras to protect the local church should be done in one service. That's a one service thing. The fact that we have, that, that we can't even do that in one service. Listen, don't give because I have, I have pressure you, anything like that. That's not what it's about. But you understand that proves the heart of people. Somebody else has sat there and gone, well, somebody else will give. Or maybe somebody has given as much as they can. I'm not saying it's the amount that you give, but I'm saying if you would at least go before the Lord and say, Lord, this is something my local church needs, so this is something that I need. And so, Lord, if you would bless me with the ability to do something, I'll do it. And then if he brings you a dollar, you brought that dollar in and put it in in faith, guess what? That's the fish in the loaves multiplying. But people sit back and say, well, I don't really feel that one. It's a need for the local church. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, see, people want revival, but they don't even do remotely what the early church did to get revival. And until we look like that, we ain't going to have revival. I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. But what, what does it look like in our life? God, I want you to increase my life. Lord, give me a better job. But how faithful are you being where you're at? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you thankful? Are you utterly thankful for the things that you have now? I'm telling you, this stuff convicts me as well because I have to do this as a pastor. I have to do this as a, as a person that lives, lives a, a Christian life. Glory to God. This is no different for me, amen? I'm challenged by it as well. The challenging isn't to, to, to knock you down, but th this is what it is. If you want out of your situation, God has already made it possible. If you're praying for God to let you out of your situation, you've already been in error. Why? Because God has given you the equipment to get out of every situation yeah. already. It's already given to you. You don't need to pray. The, the only thing you might need to pray for is, Lord, where am I missing it? Where don't I see it? There is no mountain that Jesus said we can't overcome by faith. He said through faith, all things are possible. It doesn't say all things will happen. He said all things are possible. So if you apply real faith to it, but what's real faith? Faith without works is dead. You can't ask to receive anything, but not be willing to give out in that same area. You want your mortgage paid? Have you ever gone up to someone else who you know needs a little bit of help getting their mortgage paid? And say, hey, let me help you with that. Have you, you, you want more increase to come to your life, but there's, you know, there's this or that thing going on and you don't know, like, praise God, hallelujah. I, 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 could, go into, I could go into example after example. I'm not gonna, because I don't wanna hurt people. But it's the truth. Until we are people that are proactive, ask and it will be given to you. Seek 
and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, in everything, therefore, see that's still connected, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. What Jesus was saying is, be proactive about your faith. You want friends? Start being real friendly to a lot of people. Then maybe filter out the ones you don't want to spend time with. You want people to be extra good to you? Be extra good to somebody that doesn't deserve it in your life. That's what the Bible's called us to. That's what this is all about. It's like, oh, we think about how we can better us, but we don't think about how we can better God. Better God's things, not better Him, you know what I mean, but Praise the Lord. See, sometimes people are looking to be used by God, but they don't make themselves useful or available. They don't make themselves useful or available. Glory to God. I love, and every once in a while, and we get this, we do get this in people. People just present something to us. It's like, you know, I brought this or whatever, I brought this thing, whatever it is. Maybe it could be useful, you know, those are people that, 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 that really want to be used by God. Yeah. Because those are people who's like, hey, I, you know, I saw this, or maybe I was looking for this, or maybe I, you know, this or that. Glory to God. There's, diff- there's all kinds of different examples, but this, is, this should be the lifestyle of a Christian. Yeah. Look to be useful not ju- and, or, and or available, not just looking to be used. Because it's those things that qualify a person to be used in greater things, greater measure. I'm going to be the, I, my wife and I endeavored to be the most useful people in the church. That if pastor needed anything, we could do it. And I'm not saying this to try to make you like, not boasting on us because we didn't come up with this on our own. But this is how we got where we got. Because we were so useful that when our pastor was sad when we had to go. Not the opposite. He wasn't glad when, oh, yeah, good, good, we get to send him out. Because I've heard of people being sent out like that, and I wouldn't want to go like that, amen? But what does that mean? I'm just like, I, I'm going to endeavor to be connected and flow with what's going on here. If we're going in this direction, I'm going to go in this direction. You know, one time my pastor, when I was on staff there, my pastor gave me something to do that was very hard. It was a lot of work. It was, actually, he gave me many things like that. They were a lot of work. It was more than I could do. It took more time and more manpower than I had and more money than I was allotted. But each and every time he gave it to me, I looked for his heart in it. And sometimes it was hard to see it. And I remember one particular time where we were like, Pastor, this is, this is such a big task. And he sat down with me and uh, Steph Holford, she was on staff at the time then too, and she, he sat down with the two of us and he shared his heart on it. This is why I try to share my heart with you. I, 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 I think it's pretty obvious I don't keep things back, right? Not a whole lot anyways. Maybe it's a, a fault of mine, but uh, praise the Lord. But, you know, with, with him, he didn't always share his heart on things like that. And, and, and it's not, I'm not saying he was wrong. He just didn't. And, and this time he did. But, you know, as soon as he shared his heart, I was like, that's, that's what we need to do. We're going to make this happen. And, you know, we did. And we had the joy. We had the ability. We had the, the energy. We had all the stuff that we needed to take care of it. And it didn't all come easy. But we had it all because we were willing at that place. Amen. Glory to God. See, sometimes it's, it's not just about like, oh, I, you know, a lot of people come in, they was like, I want to, like, I, we've had people that, that, that have come and gone that have been just like this. I want to be used this way. Well, what if we don't need that? Yeah. See, that's opinions. What if I don't need that? We, I, I said this recently. I, I, I was talking to another minister. I said, in any given church, is it, is it unlikely that there could be 10% of the church that would have the possibility of a speaking gift? And everyone I've ever asked this to has, has answered the same way. I was talking about that this week with a minister. And they said to me, um, they, they said to me, yeah, it's, it's possible. So in a church of 50 people, is it likely that five people could have a gift of public speaking? Is it likely? I mean, it seems likely. It doesn't seem far-fetched, right? 
Um, I mean, I, I in my class, I mean, I had tons of people in my in my school growing up that uh, that were able to to do that or whatever, or have charisma or whatever. You know, they just had that gift of gab, and they were able. But I said, oh, okay, so let's take a, a, a church of 300 people. Say a church of 300 people, is it likely then a church of 300 people could still have 10% of the congregation that, that could have a speaking gift? And they said, well, sure, sure, that, that's possible. I was like, okay, well, how, what about a church of 3,000 people? Is it, is, it, is it possible to think that in 3,000 people that there's 10% of that that could have a speaking gift? Sure, that's 300 people. Now, if the pastor has 300 people that can speak in his church, and let's just say it's a good church and they're all gifted. Let's say it's half of that, 150. Does that mean that the pastor is only going to stand in the pulpit once every three years? Because, you know, there's only 52 weeks in a year. And that means there are only 52 You understand. So then the question comes to people, well, do, do I have a gift of, 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 uh, to speak or not? Maybe you do. I'm not arguing that. But I'm just saying there isn't place for everybody in the local church to do what the job of the pastor is. You can't have 50 pastors. You can't have 300 pastors. You can't have that because the pastor is also going to be guided and directed according to what he's preaching. In fact, if any of you preach for me, the first question if I ask you to preach should always be this, should always be, is there something you want me to minister on? Why? Because it's about this local church. It's about what God is directing here. Amen? Or the heart should be at least to minister. And that's not correction. I'm just saying that's, that's direction. Amen? Uh, it, it, it should always be that. You know, Pastor Scott Webb, this man of God, I mean, he's done amazing things, had huge church. He's just, uh, you know, he's used all over the place. Sat in this back office and asked me, Pastor, is there anything you'd like me to minister on? And the last time he was here, he's like, I was actually like, yeah, actually, Pastor, there is something I'd like you to minister on. And he ministered along those lines. Amen. Now, I didn't tell him exactly what scriptures to use and say, it's not that. But this is what the need is in our local church, and you're here to help with that need. He understood that. Dr. Dufresne, one of the most anointed people that, that, that I have ever personally known, uh, with following the Holy Ghost and stuff like that, and he just, he, he just had a, a tangible anointing on him that was so powerful, would walk into my pastor's office, 27-year-old pastor, walk into his office, and he went just like this. My pastor's told me the story. I never got to witness it, but he, my pastor said this. He went just like this. Pastor, I'm here to serve you. What does your church need? How can I be a blessing to your church? But you know, there's a lot of guest ministers. There's a lot of people that minister. They just want to be, I want my opportunity. I want my chance to shine. I want my, I, I've got this and I want to say this. See, that's the wrong heart. And those kind of people won't ever be in my pulpit. I won't put, I won't bring people, and not anymore anyways. I've, I've had people that I've had to learn that through too. Amen. Glory to God. But uh, what is that? Those are people that are seeking their own, not seeking what God. See, when, when you understand the need for the local church, why do I say all this? You might be sitting there saying, well, I'm not called the minister at all. So how does this apply to me? Because it does apply to you because it's not about ministering. It's about in how we seek God. Yeah. Do we seek God? See, a lot of people are seeking God with that same attitude. Me next. Me next. Bless me next. Me, yeah, me first a lot of times. Because a lot of people just get mad when they see someone else blessed. If, if, if you get mad because anybody else in your local assembly gets blessed, I mean at all. I don't care if, if they've been nothing but nasty to you, nothing but mean to you. If they get blessed and you do anything other than rejoice, you're wrong. That is a wrong heart. That is a me first heart. They're saying, well, the only way they deserve a blessing is if they treat me right. What does that have to do with anything? Listen, I'm going to tell you one thing I've learned. The mercy of God, I'm so thankful for the mercy of God. Because without the mercy of God, I would be utterly destroyed right now. The mercy of God bails me out and has bailed me out many times. So when I see the mercy of God working on someone else, the last thing I want to do is look at them and say, they don't deserve it. Because that is a surefire way to get the mercy of God to not work on your behalf. I want God's mercy no matter what. And so I look at other people with God's mercy. That doesn't mean that I accept everything everybody does. If somebody's being abusive, I don't just let them abuse me. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying it to you. See, that would be twisting words again. What I'm saying is, is this. If something is truly wrong, God will work it out. 
He'll deal with it because he's promised us he would. And if we, do, if we can't be okay with that, then we're not okay with the word. We're not okay with the truth. And we have more growing to do. And so we'll come up to that rock and we won't be able to pass it until we climb over it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, again, that doesn't set us up. That doesn't mean that you stay in a place where you're being abused or you know, something, if, if truly wrong things are happening. But you follow the Lord. You don't follow the flesh. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15. Just a few minutes left, but. Now, I'll just be honest with you. The Lord gave me this scripture first to preach an MTC. But since I don't get asked to preach an MTC, and that's fine, I don't mind that. But since I don't get asked, I'm going to share it with you because it's just good for you too, amen? This is, th these are the kinds of things that every pastor wants their sheep to know. Hebrews 13, 15 through 18. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of, of lips that give thanks to his name. So if you, didn't, if you wonder what, what the sacrifice of praise is, it's the fruit of the lips that gives thanks to his name. Why do we have a vocal church and say, praise God, amen? Well, first of all, because the Bible tells us to do that, and that's a good, if, if you're like, oh, I don't know about all that stuff. I don't like, I wasn't raised in that kind of church. Well, you weren't raised in a Christian church then. Or not a very good one. Why? Because there's a response that is supposed to happen. What is the response? The, re the response is not blanketly saying amen to everything the pastor says. We've seen those kinds of people too. Amen? They're like, amen, amen, amen. And everybody else in the church is thinking, we know they ain't doing it. You, you know what I mean? You've heard that. Glory to God. And So we don't want a blanket amen. That's not what we're looking for. But there is a response to the things of God. Do you realize that when you, when, when you sit there and you, you like, like, like you, if you want God to move, you want to see God move in your life, you need to connect to him. Yeah. You know, you sit there and you're like, oh, you're distracted by this and you're distracted by that or you're having fun or kids, you're poking at each other and you're laughing. By the way, the pastor can see all that. But it, 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 you're, you're doing all this and you think, oh, this is all a joke. Well, see, this, it is going to be a joke. And it'll be a joke in your life when you're looking for God and you're, you're in that place where you're like, go, God, help me, God, help me. But he's like, you never received what I gave you. I, I never, you never received the things that I gave you. Do you know, oh, praise God, hallelujah. I wasn't going to go here. But, but I will. I'll take you because you know, it's bold and, 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 and this will help us, right? I got to find it though because I was, I was there at some point, some point last night. Uh, Go ahead. Can you pull up Proverbs uh, one twenty three? We're just going to read through this. But I want you to see something here. Proverbs one twenty three. Scoffers and mockers. Now there's scoffers and mockers that are they're real easy to see. You know those who are sitting there. Ah, oh, God ain't real. That stuff ain't real. That stuff is a joke. Uh, you you keep saying that. That's fine. They will come to a place where you will be faced with death or God. And that's okay. And and I want people. That's why the. In case you didn't know why the the, the country is going to pot. Don't get so political because the country needs to go to pot. Because what the, what's happening is the country is living on all these anti-Christ uh, things. Things like, oh, praise the Lord, should I get into it? Gay marriage, abortions, uh, 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 transgender, this and that. I'm not talking about hating people. I'm talking about living these lifestyles. People, the drug, why are drugs going crazy? Why are drugs such a problem? You know why? Because people are starting to accept it. But you know why people accept it? Think about the last time that you were okay with, oh, you know, just partying a little bit, just going to bars a little bit. Yeah. Where do you think all the drug stuff ends up or it comes from? It comes from that idea of partying. A person who sits at a bar every week is no different than somebody who's sitting on the street doing heroin. It's no different. It's the same poison. It's the same, it's the same evil. It's the same uh, spirit that's driving it. Glory to God. But people wonder why all this stuff is, why, why all, there's all these problems. Well, we teach kids that you, you don't have to listen to parents anymore. Kids, you just do what you want to do and the parents just get in, in obedience with that and we're just going to follow the kids. No, you tell the kids how to live. Praise the Lord. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go and they shouldn't depart from it. 
The first thing you need to ask yourself, are you training them in the way they should go? And if they fall away, which sometimes happens even with good parents, if they fall away, then you just say, well, they're coming back, bless God. Praise the Lord. But if you haven't trained them right, it's no, I'm just telling you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Where did this come from? It's not lack of sleep. I feel refreshed. And, you know. Turn to my reproof. Turn to my correction. This is what the Lord says. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. That's a blessing right there. If you don't understand what, it's, what blessing is to have the spirit of God on you, I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is me living in a life absolutely miserable all the time and wanting to commit suicide every single day and sometimes attempting to do so being locked up in a hospital, being heavily medicated with, with drugs that made me comatose just to keep me from, from offing myself or just so I could possibly go out into the world and doing this, living a life that's blessed, living a life that's happy, following the direction of God. That's what it is right here. It's his spirit. It's his word and his spirit being poured out in my life. Turn to my reproof, listen to my correction, and I'll pour my spirit out in you. I will make my words known to you. Now go on. Let's follow me as we go. 20 24. Because I called you and you refused. I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. So God did this. He's still doing it. Right? Think about all those times you think, man, is that God? It's probably God. Right? Go on. 26. I, uh, I will also laugh at your calamity. God said this. I will laugh at your calamity. I stretched out my hand, you didn't want to listen. I gave you the word, and you didn't want to hear it. I told you what to do, and you refused. And he's like, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when your dread comes. God said that about him. See, some people, they're getting into a place where they have all hell breaking loose in their life, and they're going, oh, dear God, and he's, and he's mocking. This is what God says, not me. Amen? 27. When your dread comes like a storm... And your calamity comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. Look at these words. Verse 28. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Go ahead. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satisfied. No, and be sad. You're doing good, though. And be sad, uh, satiated with their own devices. Go ahead to the next one. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Verse 33. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. This world right now is being thrust into this. This nation was created to be a godly nation. This creation, the nation was created as a place that, that people could worship. That was one of the main reasons they came here, so that, that, that people could worship. <clears throat> this nation rejects it. This is what's coming. And people will see it. They'll see the destruction, and they'll see the real church arise, and be strengthened. Why? Because those who listen shall live securely. But the reason I bring this up is because, go ahead and go back to Hebrews 13. My time is up. Uh, Hebrew, uh, we can live, or this can, the same thing can happen to us if we're Christians who refuse the truth. If we, don't, if we don't stir ourselves, the Bible says to stir yourself up. Praise the Lord. The, the, the stirring is up to us. It's up to us to stay interested. Amen? Do one of the greatest examples of this is marriage. I, I always loved all these. Even when I, was a, even when I was a heathen, living like the devil, I always hated this phrase, and I never understood why. I didn't realize it was so, so it was, it was a, a Christian idea. But when a lot of people would say, oh, I just I fell out of love, I fell out of love. No, you know what you did? You chose not to love. Yeah. yeah. Marriage was never promised to be this thing that always had to benefit you. And if it did, you know what you are? You're a drained, you're a drained spouse. Yeah. If it doesn't benefit you, you're not happy. So do you know that what God calls marriage to be is self-sacrifice? Yeah. Ouch. That's what it is. That doesn't mean that you look at your, your spouse and say, you need to self-sacrifice more. <laughs> That's not what self-sacrifice is. Self-sacrifice is, I will do 
what I got to do. And the other one goes, I will do what I got to do. And that makes both people happy. See, a lot of people can jump into bed. That's real easy. It's not hard to do that, is it? It's easy to jump on in bed and, and, and not have any commitment. That's why marriage is so spurned. It's so, it's so just cast to the side and people make light of it. And they look at Hollywood and everyone wants to emulate that. I, I want to be famous. I want to be like the rich and famous. I want to have all the debauchery and all the sin and all the evil in my life and failed marriages and all that stuff. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to end on something really good. So I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to skip the Hebrews one. Maybe we'll come back to it some other time. You'll have to find out with them, I guess. Hebrews 1, 11, and 12. And I'll close here. Because I know that this is heavy, but sometimes we need to break, have this heavy to break off the stuff that's, that's, that's keeping us. Amen? Hebrews 1, 11 says, or Romans 1, 11, sorry, yeah. Uh, for I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. This is, this is talking, this is from a minister's standpoint. And this is for my, this is exactly how I feel about my church. When I come into the church, I look for faces. Do you know that? And I don't look for faces and say, okay, we're doing attendance now. You're not here. Da, 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 da. No, I'm looking for faces because I'm looking for, I, I'm looking for, uh, the, I'm looking for the ones that, I, that I'm connected with. I'm looking, I'm, I, this is what I, I long to see you so that I impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. This is how a pastor comes into church or a good pastor. Amen. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. See, it's not enjoyable for me uh, unless people, I'm not encouraged, I get encouraged by people who are stirred, people who are stirred into the things of God. You know, some pastors would completely reject this, I understand the reason. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, some, there's some, been different times. Some of you come up, man, Pastor, that message really helped me for this reason, dot, dot, dot. You've shared with why. You know, I needed that or whatever. He sent me a quick text afterwards, you know, or whatever. And there's a lot of times that those have just blessed me because, you know, it's like you want to be a blessing to the people. You want to be helping people and helping people break through these things. Actually, uh, praise the Lord. Just, somebody just recently, it was like all of a sudden some, some things were broke off of them. And they were, you know, they were like broke out of a thing because of that. And, and, and that's the anointing. But that's what we long for as pastors and ministers. So as we come, uh, if you come hungry, you know, I'll be stirred by your faith. I'm not stirred when you just sit there and you're like, okay, you know, let's get this over with or tell me what to do. You know, let's just, let's just walk. No, let's, let's start hunger. If people are hungering and thirsting for what God wants to do, then we can be somebody, a group that does something. That, that, that actually accomplishes the work of God. People are wondering where the power of God is. It, it's in the churches. It's in you. It's in me. It's in us stirring each other and being stirred. It's in us, you know, uh, praise the Lord. It's in, in, in us being excited for what each other is going to bring and what each other is going to do and, and where we're going to go with this thing. Amen? Praise the Lord.